I cut on my loose, yeah I touch what I do, yeah I throw up the dudes, I'm tired of losing No more doing High school wasn't cool, yeah Now look what I'm doing Who can tell me I'm fooling? Got enough things to do, yeah Insecurities and possibilities Don't mix well in the sea, I swear Sam Mettler here and welcome to another episode of the EDM Podcast. We're all told that we need some grand vision for our lives, our music careers. We hear about other artists who make music for some noble cause, uh, to fight depression, solve world problems, you name it. This is all well and good, in fact it's excellent, but what's wrong with just making music for the sake of making music? Today's guest calls that his primary motivator. He loves making music. He goes by the name Saturn. Uh, also has another project called Lani Rose and he started producing at age 12. Got very good very quickly. Why? Uh, because he just spent a lot of time making music and also because his friend Jacob, known as Just a Gent, who I'm sure you've heard of, helped him out immensely. Now at 19, he's had millions of plays across platforms, across his diverse range of songs and continues to impress listeners with his fresh style. And in this episode, we talk about a few things. We talk about why arrangement is more important than sound design, especially in 2018. We talk about why motives are important. You need to love the music. If you're in this for the riches and for the fame, because you want to be like the chain smokers or whoever, you're going to have a tough time. We also talk about how to cope with the social pressure to go to college and do something other than music if you're really committed to music. Not that going to college is bad, uh, but how do you deal with people who say you need to get a real job at some point or this music thing isn't going to work out for you? That can be a tough thing to deal with. Now, one thing that I need to mention before we get into the interview, uh, we were talking after the episode had finished and he wanted to correct something that he said. Uh, Near the end of the episode, we talked about the fact that you need really good music. You need to be making really good music and if you have good music, things will work out for you. That's what Saturn said. But during our conversation afterwards, he wanted to add that you need to network and build relationships as well. Uh, A lot of what happens in the music industry happens because of who people know. And so who you know is incredibly important. Uh, You need to network. There is a better chance that you'll make it in this game, in this industry, if you're networking as well as making really good music. If you want to learn more about networking, check out episodes 53 and 64. You can check out the full show notes for this episode at edmprod.com forward slash 82. That is edmprod.com forward slash 82. Without further ado, here is Saturn. Enjoy the interview. This episode of the EDM Podcast is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is a comprehensive online course that helps new producers master the fundamentals of electronic music production by making four songs in four weeks. It is made by yours truly, and we've had over 950 students take the course. Many of them have had great results. Get 10% off EDM Foundations by using the code PRODCAST, that is P-R-O-D-C-A-S-T, at checkout. Again, just head to edmfoundations.com and use code PRODCAST at checkout. 
Welcome back to the EDM podcast today. I'm joined by Saturn. How's it going, man? Man, I am feeling great. And thank you for having me. No, of course, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, so you're pretty young. Uh, tell us about your journey into music and, and how you got to where you are today. I mean, I think you're super talented. I'm so excited to have you on, but give us your background from the moment you got into music. Where, when was that and what was it like? And, all right. Well, um, it was a while back. So I'd say about 12 is when I first started music production. Um, in the sixth grade, though, is when I first got into music. I wanted to be in a band. I always saw like the trumpet players and I was just really into that that vibe like just the vibe of the trumpet so um in the sixth grade i got i got into a band and i moved up really quickly i was and i got into advanced band in my first year and then from there i went to a jazz band and slowly for some reason the whole band thing fizzled out for a minute and when i was when i turned like 12 i was like i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and just go into music production because my brother showed me ukf or you you know what I'm talking about? Like they, that YouTube yeah, channel? They used to be huge for dubstep. 100%. Yeah, I was really into it. I was. I just loved everything about that process, everything uh, about like the sound. You know, I was like, well, how do they do this? And so I looked into it and I was like, oh, I, I have to I have to try. And that's pretty much how it got me. Man, that's awesome. I, UKF had a huge influence on me too. That was like... Those were the days, you know, UKF August mix. Oh, yeah. Listen to that. And I was like, need to make this. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so from there, you, you started getting into music production. It seems like you got very good very quickly because at 15, you released uh, Love You, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that did pretty well. I mean, yeah. what? how much time were you committing to music from the point where you, you started getting into it? Every day. Every day. every day absolutely every day I, I wasn't and it wasn't really necessarily something that i saw like i need to do this in order to get better it was just more mm -hmm. so this is extremely fun to do and i unintentionally became extremely good at it uh for that for that time uh, i was getting really good at it really quickly and i actually want to account a lot of that to my buddy jacob who uh, is just a jet um i don't know who knows or doesn't know you, you better know him. I, I know him, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, a lot just, of people listening mode. Yeah, he's brilliant. I love the guy. Um, but yeah, for those who don't know him, he's this amazing producer out of Australia. And he, me and him came up together, and he actually, we met on a group chat, and I, I was trying to figure out who the best person in there was, because a lot of the guys, I mean, they held, but not really. And Jacob, for some reason, he like, took me on these private uh, lessons, essentially. We play video games and then we would go make music and you just give me all sorts of hints and stuff. And uh, he also was a big part of my growth in music. Do you remember any of the pieces of advice that he gave you that kind of stuck in your mind? <laughs> the, the, the advice that he gave me, I, I don't know if I'd want to give it to people. The ones, at least the ones that stick out because they were really <laughs> like... <laughs> highly advised against by uh those who teach technicalities of music like 
So, Interesting. Yeah, like like side chaining. How we used to do it, we would just take the kick and just redline it, just turn it all the way up and make everything <laughs> so it makes everything else quiet. I don't know why that stuck uh, out of my mind, but it was <laughs> yeah, that that's something. But um, just doing something every day, I think, is the most important thing. Mm-hmm, I like that. Um, so okay, so your fifteen year releases track does pretty well, and then. It's been four years since then, right? Yeah, man. Yep. What does that look like? You're at school, you're balancing music. Yeah. Now, 19, I'm in California, living in Burbank. I'm living with my roommate who's in, uh, he goes to a f- film school. And I'm not actually in college. I just, when I was 15, I knew that I didn't want to go to college. Like, I just knew that. It was the bite when I was doing like hegemon and stuff and with all those uh, guys and that something just felt right about the whole music thing. And I knew that from that age, I, I didn't want to to go to college. So now I'm in a, I'm here in Burbank and I just I'm producing uh, starting projects and just grinding out here doing the music thing. Do you get any pushback from people when you're like, I'm not going to college because I, I see the same thing. It must have been 16 or 17 and get a lot of people saying, oh, you'll, you just wait, like you'll wake up and you'll get a real job and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, there's, there's definitely that aspect to it. Um, earlier on and it's a, a lot of it, I think it's because people don't take you seriously when you're so young and yeah, they think, yeah, they think your mind's just not at that level and, and it makes sense to assume so but that's not all the time and for me yeah i did face that from my father and uh, my teacher for a little bit um but they got over it pretty quick my, my parents both became extremely supportive very quickly once they they were so like awesome. once they saw that i really wanted it but i do remember a funny uh this funny memory in my mind um when we had a, pe- a teacher and parent meeting um, <laughs> and I remember I had a presentation to do about college and I chose Berkeley's music school. And then I like presented hegemon and like the group I was in and everything. And I remember at the parent teachers conference, my teacher was like, uh, eventually he's going to have to come back to reality and realize that the music thing's probably not going to work or some, something like that. Like she was telling me about that and, I just, I just thought like, I'm going to show her, <laughs> I'm going to show yeah, her. Yeah. And then when we left my dad, he was like, do you know what the uh, unemployment office is? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think he thought I was going to be a bum or something. And, you know, oh, he, no. he would always make like starving artist jokes and stuff. But I mean, it, it's, it was all out of love. It was all out of love. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. What? Um, I'm curious then what drives you? Is there anything else other than just love for the music? Because I've talked to a lot of artists and they're like, it's like family drives them or um, I want to just share art with the world, want to help other people. Is there something beyond just music? Um, I feel like music at this point for me is more of a coping mechanism for a lot of things that for, for as like life goes on, you know, things happen and, different experiences happen and music has been that coping mechanism for me. And for, I don't know if I can say it really goes beyond or something greater than music side. 
I've thought about that too. And I, I can't really bring myself to, to truthfully say that it's for something so much mm. greater at this point personally, but I, I feel like it is because when I, when I did start making the music and I started getting messages from people and they were like, yo, this helped me through this. And this, like, it got me through a deep, dark place. Um, it, it did touch me a lot. It touched me a lot because, um, I know what it's like to need that the world, what, it, what it's like to have music do that for you. Um, especially for when, when I was like back in fourth grade and through seventh grade, like I got bullied really bad and that's what music was for me. Totally. Yeah. And you can't, you can't really predict when you're making a song, you don't think about how it's going to help some dude like halfway across <laughs> the world through a dark time. Facts. You just, you don't know. And even like with this podcast and with the articles we put out, like I've written, well, I've done some podcasts just talking about music like we are now. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get an email from some guy and he's like, oh man, this really helped me like do this in the past six months. This has happened. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I had no idea. No, <laughs> I was not planning for that, but that's awesome. Right, right. That's cool. And that, that having that happen is like also a, a drive to keep going, like seeing yeah. stuff like that happen. And it's definitely a mo- motivational for me to keep going. 100%. Uh, so you have another project called Lani Rose. which it took me a while to figure out because you, you have sat in and you've, you've got some tracks and it's like featuring Lani yeah, Rose. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you yeah, must just be some, some random vocalist. Um, then I figured out I was the same guy. Uh, what made you go down that track or that avenue? I've, okay. So secretly, I've always wanted to sing, but I've really been insecure. I'm still insecure to this day <laughs> uh, about my voice and getting it out there. So one day I, I, I was making a song and it was like an R&B song. And I was like, I need a vocalist for this. And it was late night. And I was like, I want to get this done. Cause it was, I was in that workflow, you know, the flow you go into when you're working yeah, and yeah. I was definitely there. And I was like, I need a vocalist for this, but there was, it's 4am, you know, 3am. There's just, nobody's going to like, <laughs> Up on that, so I said, you know, said, "Screw it, I'm gonna do it myself." And so I decided I was gonna go and try and sing, and that—that's it's been you know history since then. That's so freaking cool. I I think your voice is fantastic, man. Um, Thank you. How do you like? How do you balance time between, say, Saturn and Lining Rose, or is it just whatever you feel like on the day? That is a big question. I'm still trying to figure out myself. It, it's kind of about like what mood I'm in really, or like I'll, I'll just start making a song. And if it comes out to be uh, like more Saturn vibes, then I'll definitely just hold that off for Saturn. And then if it's for like a, a Saturn instrumental that I feel like I could sing on, my voice was fit, then I'd write to it and sing on it. Uh, or if it comes out to be like a, a Lonnie Rose track, which is still definitely a developing sound right now. Uh, but if I feel like mm-hmm. that's, something that I, I could put on for Lonnie, then I'd do that for Lonnie for sure. Gotcha. I, I know quite a few people who have started up producing, got into singing, still produce, but they all say that it's really helped them 
learn songwriting and arrangement, knowing how to sing. Would you say the same? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's singing is, it's, it takes this track, the, the vocals, being able to like write that out and express it. It takes the track to a whole nother level. It takes your, uh, creativity to another level because you're it's like a, it's a, another door that you open that wasn't there before necessarily mm-hmm. like you typically when you produce you'd send the track out to a vocalist or a group of vocalists whoever your list that you're getting it to and seeing who can try it whatever but once it's in your control to put the the words on top of the music like and it becomes it's it's you. It's like a total package of you, and you feel totally in control, and it's it's amazing, honestly. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, Link to that. I want to talk about your workflow. How do you how do you approach a new project, regardless of whether it's Saturn or Lonnie Rose? How do you like you sit down, you finish your last song, gonna start something new? What does that process look like for you? It's ugly as hell. It's very <laughs> ugly. <laughs> it's part of the reason I don't like to live stream because it's really, really ugly. It's um, a lot of trial and error constantly mm-hmm. to this day. It's just trial and error, trying out something, giving, even giving up and then going back to it later. But there's a lot of, I have so many projects on my DAW on FL that's just like, blah, 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 blah title, blah, 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 blah. That's like all the titles are, this <laughs> is blah, 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 blah. Because it's, there's it's, there's a lot of a lot of things to work out, you know. It's it's a, it's a lot of different. It's weird. <laughs> it's a really dirty process. I find the ratio, and I've talked to hundreds of producers, and the ratio seems to be one released song for every nine projects started. That sounds about right. About ten percent. Yeah. Yeah. So to mm-hmm. those of you listening to this who are like, "Oh man, I just haven't finished a song in a while. I've got like these five projects. It's normal." Let's keep pushing. Through. Absolutely. Um, so <laughs> when you've got some semblance of an idea and you're, you're thinking, I want to take this somewhere, uh, do you have, is it still ugly as hell or do you have sort of a process that you follow from like idea to final mix down? Once it's, and once you've gotten into that workflow and you're, you're starting to fill it out, typically I'm able to, I'm able to finish it. I want to say pretty quickly, but I'm able to get like a structure for the song pretty quickly mm. and like continue to build through that idea pretty fast. Like it, it, it once the flow is there, then I'm good. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, um, sound design because you, you do a lot of sound design yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's uh, it's an area. I saw a tweet from you a while back actually. And you said arrangement is more important than sound design. Um, which it I totally agree with, but there's going to be some people who disagree because they're like, oh, but arrangement's so simple, you know, it's just following that. <laughs> um, what would you say to them? Uh, let's, let's just simply look at this new era of rap music right now. What Does it sound like a whole lot of sound designs going on right there? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all I have to say for that, honestly, because um, like music... When, when we listen to it and majority of the stuff that we listen to nowadays, a lot of stuff on the radio, it's not bad. It's not bad, but a lot of it is more uh, arrangement based. Mm. You know, it's not really based in wobbles and extreme distortion and whatnot. I mean, I, I absolutely love all of that. I completely 
respect and love sound design and all of its beauty and glory. But um, arrangement, without a doubt, is just, it's way more important. 100%. And I think that's even more true with, with Spotify now. You don't have, people don't listen to tracks anymore. They listen to songs, you know? Exactly. I mean, when I got into music production, it was six minute club mixes. And yeah. I still have a place, but most consumers are listening on Spotify. And if mm-hmm. your song doesn't have like a solid intro, um, a chorus within like the first minute, minute and a half, like mm-hmm. people are just going to skip it and it's not going to get playlisted. It's not going to get listened to. You're not going to get popular. Um, yeah. And that's just the way it is. So I totally agree yeah. with that. Um, what advice, like when it comes to arrangement, then uh, some people do struggle with it to, to mm. make their song sound simple enough so that the listener doesn't get, so that the listener understands it, but also interesting enough so that they don't get bored. There's a tough right. balance there. What advice would you give to those struggling to get a good arrangement? Go listen to your favorite song. Go listen to your favorite song, your favorite uh, playlist, whatever it is that draws you in and then use that to help you create your song and your structure. Uh, A lot of people are, I feel are scared to do that, but even though like they watch artists constantly steal blatantly, which I don't agree with, you know, like there's a lot of stolen music on the radio, a lot of stolen ideas, uh, but art is based off of other art. So just yeah, so just go listen to like your favorite songs and stuff and, you know, use that to help you out. Man, I've been giving that advice for years and I don't understand the pushback because it's like you, <laughs> you taking an arrangement that another song is used. Like that's not really right. stealing. Not at all. Um, taking the melody, yes. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's crossing the line, but um, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not that complicated, you know. Yeah, definitely. But it's, it's totally okay to go ahead and just download the MP3 and re-upload it with a different title. <laughs> it happens man oh so bad um actually on that note what frustrates you about the uh, say the music production community if there is anything at the moment i feel like it's definitely changed over time um uh, especially through the 2014 to now era like, there, there was a lot of or at least like, i like i say 2014 was probably my favorite year for music and the community. Why is, why is that? Why was 2014 so great? It felt a lot more experimental. Everything felt way more experimental. It may just be me. Maybe I, I've just changed a lot more, but um, I felt like everybody I, w- I was surrounded with and talked to were very, very like, pushing forward thinking people and very experimental people with it and something that's changed in the community i feel is that they're trying to be way, there's way more people trying to be commercial like there yeah. there's i'm not going to say like every you know everyone's trying to do that but there's a lot more like there's a lot more fluff right now a lot more fakes uh in the industry there's a lot more people who are just doing it for the money and not really for the love and that, that, I mean, that hurts, you know? Yeah, I totally agree, man. I think it's similar to when I was younger, like 10 or 11, uh, EDM wasn't really a thing. Like it wasn't that popular. Um, mm-hmm. at least if you listen to it, which I started to around then or a little bit later, you were kind of yeah. like, oh, you're the techno guy. You know, everyone called it techno. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what was popular was like rock music, 
um, or like kind of emo punk, you know, like Simple Plan, Mike mm-hmm. Chemical Romance, all that kind of stuff. And people wanted to be a rock star. Like they wanted to play guitar. And some right. people thought that guitar like was their way to riches and fame. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously like everyone I know who did that is now just working corporate or whatever. Um, yeah. But I think you've seen that shift happen now with, with EDM. You see guys like Garrick's, the Chainsmokers, massive respect to them, like they're crushing it. Um, but people look at that and they go, oh, like I, wa- I want to be like that too. And it comes from a place of not loving the music, but just loving the potential success. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that's, I've, that's always going to be a problem in any industry. Like there's always just going to be people jumping on trends, bandwagoners. And I mean, like that they're doing a lot, a lot of the time people are doing it out of survival too. Like it's survival instinct and mm. greedy instincts. There's all sorts of things that go into it, but no matter what it is, there is a lot of, you know, there, there's a lot of fluff and that is a problem, unfortunately. But I do believe that, uh, the real music, if you make real music and you're really doing it out of love and you're good enough, the market's going to, you know, it's going to take it and people are going to love it. And you eventually you're going to be heard, like no matter the time, like it, it will be heard. Um, and I, I kind of, that just made me think of a story back uh, with my buddy Jacob with Just a Gent several years ago, before both of us got any attention from the industry in any way. Um, we were... I remember it was like Wednesday. Let's just say this. I'm just giving an example. So on Wednesday, we were talking on Skype and he was upset. I remember him being very upset or he was like a bothered by the fact that he felt like he's been doing music for so long and hasn't been getting any traction. Um, and then I was like, dude, you're, you're so good because it's real music. He makes real stuff and I feel it and everybody feels it. And I told him, just hold on that next day. Like you would think this is out of a movie. The next day <laughs> he got a message from universal. He got an email from oh, universal. Right. Yep. And I think that's when he, that's when he started getting a manager and everything. Like he got signed with the Island for a bit and like I, I, he started picking up steam. And I told him like, just see, see there. And mm-hmm. so he, like, I believe like if you make real music, it, it's going to be heard. It, it will be no matter the fluff, even though I, f- it make the fluff makes it harder. If you make real stuff, you'll get hurt. In a way, though, I think uh, to be optimistic, I think the fluff also makes it easier because everyone mm-hmm. is making the same music, and, mm-hmm. and you know, listeners actually crave something different. I know yep. when a new top, like a top forty song, comes out and it's different, like there's some unique element to it. People are like, "Oh yeah, this is sick!" Like mm-hmm. it's different, you know. Like people want that. Um, yeah, it might not appeal to everyone, but if you put in the effort to become good and to not just blatantly follow trends i mean you can u- i think you can use trends and like iterate on top of them but like it's easier it's easier to kind of break out through that noise if you make something unique yep. definitely there's always like a pro and a con to situations and that's definitely both a pro in this case yeah 100 percent um what what mistakes do you see newer producers making could be technical mistakes, could be, you know, promotion, marketing mistakes, or just general mistakes. Um, I'm not, to be all, in all honesty, like I, I'm, I don't know the technical part behind music that well. And so I, I wouldn't be able to say it, like if they're making 
too many technical mistakes. I'm not I'm not too savvy in, in that regard right now. I mean, I, I know a bit about it, but not enough to really point someone out and say you're doing that wrong. I just don't feel like I'm in the place to say. But um, I think everybody uh, who's trying to come up, including myself, may be approaching how we share music incorrectly. It's very... A lot of the time, how we interact with each other, like we're we're not interacting like humans when it comes to music and even business. Like we're, we're saying, "Hey, listen to my track." That's it. Like just go listen to my track. There's there isn't a whole lot of like, "How are you doing?" Or like, "What would let me hear your stuff?" There's not a whole lot of feedback with each other, and like genuine feedback, not just "I'll give you feedback so you can listen to my track." Uh, <laughs> there's, I feel like there's a lot of that with newer producers. There's a lot of give me, give me, give me, and not a lot of here you go, here you go, here you go, how I can help you. Because as human beings, like we want to be able to, we should help each other. We react better when we help each other, not, you know, take, take constantly. And that I feel is a problem right now. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think there's, not to be cynical, but people... That should be simple. It should be common sense, but it's not. Mm-hmm. As in people spend, they'll spend like 10 hours on a song and then they'll put it up in SoundCloud and they'll say, you know, free download, come and get it. Expecting mm-hmm. that just because it's a free download, that's like a yeah. huge selling point. It's not anymore. <laughs> Spotify, no one cares about the fact right. that you're selling a free download. Yeah. Uh, but but they still, there's almost like a sense of entitlement there. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. I made this. Why aren't you mm-hmm. listening to it? It's like because everyone else is posting the same thing. Right. right. And there's not enough time in the day to listen to all these songs. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you need to make more of an effort, uh, build relationships. Let's say you're starting back at square one and you're trying to like build a solid base of producer friends and, and kind of get your music out there. How would you approach that? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I would start out, I would look around SoundCloud actually. Even though that it's very over oversaturated, first I would look around SoundCloud just to see who's out there. Because you know it wouldn't hurt to you. You don't you don't know what you could find because because there's so much out there right now. You don't know what you could find. So uh, yeah, I look around SoundCloud. Then the next big thing that I'm really getting into that I well I recently got into and found uh, Discord chats. There's so many Discord chats that people can join in and actually talk to each other. I joined some. Uh, about two months ago and there's just so many creative people that are out there pushing boundaries um, and they're talking they're, they're starting these, these communities on discord and people aren't really you know taking advantage of it like they could be and people are just constantly like what can I do what can I do start looking you know like look around yeah, use yeah. the tools that we have Skype was the thing back then uh, five years ago, six years ago, but now it's Discord. So that's where I look now and how, using that. How do, people, how do people find these Discord chats? Google. Google. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just Google um, EDM producer Discord, um, EDM production Discord, music producer Discord, or, or just whatever keywords come to mind. You just Google that and there you go. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of, yeah, those Skype groups, but also like back in the day, even kind of before I got into it, forums, you know? Oh like my God. That, I remember Matt <laughs> talking about it once on Twitter and he said like, those were the glory days, you know? Oh All yeah. these people just like pushing the boundaries and mm-hmm. wanting to learn. Just computer nerds. Like that's yep. what it was about back then. Oh yeah, definitely. 
it's cool that that's coming back. I love that. Um, a few more questions and then we'll wrap this up. Do you ever get creative block or writer's block? And if so, how do you deal with it? I was in a creative writer's block this past two months, I think, uh, two or three months. Um, but dealing with it is a tricky process for me personally. I've been, uh, there's a lot of different things I do, which is part of it being, um, going out, just changing the scenery, um, surrounding myself with different people is very important. It'd be foolish to think that you're not affected by people you're surrounded by. Um, so definitely surrounding myself with productive or creative like-minded people is very important and being healthy. Being healthy is super important. You know, the body and the mind are directly connected. So like making sure my body's in shape and that I'm doing what I can to be healthy is very important. It's amazing how people ignore that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially, especially producers. It's Mm -hmm. like, dude, if it's the whole like producing till 4am and then like not getting any sleep and then five Red Bulls, like four chips, whatever. It's not like, yeah, you can do that for a few days. It's not long-term sustainable. Yeah, definitely. And but a lot of people are like, I see dead mouse just sitting around drinking coffee all day. I can, I can do that too. <sighs> like that's. I look at him; he's like super unhappy. So. Fuck <laughs> 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 like, no! Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to swear. No, you can't. It's all good. <laughs> Honestly, man. Um, and the people I know who excel are like. Like we've had a few people on the podcast who who mentioned that you know yeah be healthy that's that's how you deal with creative issues mm-hmm. definitely um, eat well sleep well exercise walking walking yeah I actually it's so good it's so simple yet so many people don't do it and it's the easiest thing like that's the lazy man exercise and it's the best thing that you could do man I was um I was reading this morning oh, I this is. The fact that you said this is like another sign that I need to walk more. Um, <laughs> and I was reading this book this morning, uh, just came out recently called When by Dan Pink. And it's just about like, um, it's about time, but like why certain mm-hmm. things happen at a certain point. And like in the afternoon, you usually have a dip um, in mm-hmm. terms of energy and walking is one of the best ways to take a break. Uh, I was talking to my wife. I was like, we need to walk more, you know? And then <laughs> yeah. said, this is like, yeah, yeah, need to walk more. Uh, what's coming up for you in the next, say, three to six months? So, uh, out here, I have been working with an amazing team. I am putting together some music with Tari, this kid out of Nor- uh, the Netherlands, and he's like amazing. T A R I, go look him up. Uh, we have a song coming out on Lowly Palace, Best for You. It's going to be out on June 11th, I think. I don't know if that's confirmed. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's when it's coming out. It's coming out in June. Uh, so you can definitely look forward to some new checks from Lonnie. Um, we're going to have some stuff with Bitbird, uh, with him as well. Yep. Me and Tari, I'm, I'm writing, we're doing a lot of writing and, and we're doing a bunch of tracks together. I think Tari's one of those guys up next. Can I like shout oh, out a couple so guys who I think are going to be up yeah, next? Go for it, man. I wanna sh- Let's go ahead and shout out to Laxity. Um, we're going to sh- shout him out. L a X C I T Y laxity. Definitely look him up. He's so amazing. He's been like working hard for so many years and I, I want him. I want to see this kid blow up. I want to see him blow up. Um, we have 
uh, Tari, this new guy, he sent, he sent me an email through uh, Lonnie Rose on Lonnie Rose, and because he heard my track "Love Forgets" and he thought it was great, and uh, he sent me a track. I was expecting it to be trash because I do get a lot of stuff that I, I'm not a big fan of, to be honest with you. Um, but I was shook. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's great, Tari, and then we have you know Zan Griffin. Zan Griffin's already been making waves. He's definitely going to be huge in these next coming these next coming years. Definitely going to be huge. That's awesome, man. Um, thank you so much for your time. Fantastic conversation. And finally, uh, if people want to follow you, check your music out, where can they find you online? Easy, man. Uh, so you can find me on SoundCloud or Facebook, Twitter at Official Saturn. All of them, official Saturn. You can find me there. And for Lonnie Rose, you can find me on SoundCloud and Twitter and Instagram at it's Lonnie Rose. I T S L A N I R O S E. I cut on my nose, yeah. I touch what I do, yeah. I throw up the doors, start and lose. No more doing. High school wasn't cool, yeah. Now look what I'm doing. Who can tell me I'm fooling?